What's up, guys? I'm excited to finally be getting around to doing this very first episode for you guys. Um, been working on some other projects, but I'm LJ. I'm the CMO, the PR, and the co-CEO of Get Digital Media. Um, really, I'm trying to make this entire podcast all about the stuff that most people won't tell you. So there's a side, of course, that paints everything in the best light, and another side that may not be as favorable or not favorable at all in some cases. So, it, I mean, it kind of really does depend on what you're looking for, though. Now, I hear a lot that why does everything have to be gray space? Well, if you attend any of our events or any events where I'm hosting, I'll probably say it at least once. Marketing, sales, pretty much everything lies inside of gray areas. So why wouldn't marketing be any fucking different? So with that, unbiased is all about both sides. Now, full disclosure, I am a digital marketer. Make no mistake. CMO, PR, Chief Marketing Officer, and PR, Public Relations Officer. So yeah, I may have a bias towards some of these, but I want you guys to have the full story before you make your own decisions. So if there's something that you hear in here that uh, you don't particularly agree with or you have another perspective on, I invite you guys to listen in, uh, submit your voice recordings and everything, and we'll play them on the next podcast episode and address them um, either with a rebuttal or a, uh, what is it, a reprint, if, as they uh, used to say. Anyway. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into one of my favorite topics of all time. I love email marketing. Now, <laughs> uh, pretty much, I can do anything with email marketing. So it, I mean, I got here in a very interesting way. Now, if you hear the, if you go back and listen to the trailer, or if you know me personally, you know that I haven't been doing this particularly long, but I have been getting really, really deep into a lot of different areas, and in particularly on the channel marketing, which of course, you know, exposes you to just about every single marketing channel, their pros, their cons, their frustrations, and just about every other perspective that you can come up on. So I've been hearing a lot of things and a lot of questions in particular in our forums. Uh, I stalk you guys on Reddit, um, you know, pretty much anywhere that I can find a place where people are talking about stuff. It's part of market research. Uh, it's one of my very favorite parts of any kind of marketing. So email. Everybody knows what email is. I've got a Gmail account. Actually, I've got several Gmail accounts. Uh, they've got Vivaldi. We've got, I mean, there's a million and one different email accounts that I own, operate, or use as forwarding addresses to kind of sort out my life. So what is email marketing? Now, most people are probably familiar with this, or else you wouldn't be here, so I'll kind of do this very briefly. Email marketing is <laughs> putting emails in front of your target audience with the intent to get them to engage, put traffic, make a sale, build a relationship, any sort of interaction with your audience. Um, now, email marketing is defined as the process of sending emails in bulk or en masse to an email list of subscribed contacts or opted in contacts uh, with the intention to build brand awareness, to drive traffic, engagement, and sales. Of course, there's tons more that goes into email and we will get into all of it today. Um, with one exception, if you want all of the best practices, you will have to go to my blog and you'll have to read and see all of that fun stuff. But there's tons of great stuff on there for you guys. So you'll love it. Anyway, back to the story. So email marketing, that sounds freaking awesome. So we see these all the time. Like, I mean, if you ever make a purchase, you'll get uh, email marketing in the form of uh, upsells, um, order confirmations, newsletter, transactional emails, automated emails. You'll probably get some sort of welcome email series, and most people are familiar with that. When I opt in, I want the email. 
So if I give my email for something, more than likely, if I give you my email, it's because I want what you have. So if you've given me a free source, uh, sorry, I call it a free source, a free resource, a lead magnet, whatever you want to call it. The idea is that's why I'm giving you my email. Now, as a marketer, of course, I know what's about to happen. And you're going to hate me for this, but sometimes I will go and stalk you guys and find your email lists just to subscribe and look at how you're doing. Now, I'll go into that in a totally separate episode, but that process is called inverse selling. So anyway, each different kind of email has its own use and the best practices, like I said, you'll have to take a look at on the blog. So how does email marketing play into the overall funnel? So it's a loaded question. Um, but it can fly, in, or it can fly. Pardon me. Uh, it can fly into action at multiple places in the funnel. So most uh, most usually we see it used to convert uh, cold traffic that didn't immediately make a purchase. So um, the email pop up boxes, and I do have a template for you guys on the blog again. Um, the pop up actually is responsible for a majority of your website opt-ins, whether it be the actual pop-up itself, an inline pop-up on the side, on the side of a blog, it pops up when you do this or that, or when you try to exit the site, it does an exit pop-up. Um, in, uh, in all of those cases, they didn't convert right away. They need some more convincing. And that's where email marketing kind of comes in to build that rapport, to build that decision, to position you as the expert in the field. So uh, most commonly, like I said, to convert cold traffic. Um, now, tra uh, website traffic, landing page traffic, so it's the same thing. Um, but another way that is used to actually upsell customers over time, I just mentioned that a couple minutes ago. Um, so if you know part of our sales process or if you ever meet Jay, you'll hear him say this first, uh, you have to have a customer before you have a client. So I fully agree with that statement. Uh, we can retain customers for a very short period of time. I'd say even up to six months, somebody can become a customer. Uh, now, when they actually cross over that, and this kind of plays into market research a little bit, um, but when their net promoter score steps over the seven threshold, then we kind of can move them into the client category and we can treat them a little different too. Um, so all of this kind of plays into mind, uh, when we're kind of doing all this. Now, another way we use this is to actually reactivate old leads. You guys will hear the dogs all the time. Um, now reactivating old leads and keeping long-term subscribers engaged, uh, making new purchases. Now I did say I am an avid email marketer. It plays into omni-channel like you would not believe. I can't even, I don't even have enough time in the day to go into every single nuance that email marketing has. Now, if you guys are interested in those things, we'll go into them. But things like integrations, uh, firing off multiple automations, we'll talk about automations briefly too, uh, but firing off multiple automations to convince further decision-making or to push somebody just over, mm, okay, maybe I'll make that, or mm, I might need it later on, but I'll need it. I'll get it now. Those kind of decisions can be made with omnichannel marketing, and that's why it's such a powerful tool. Now, I have heard the argument that marketing, and particularly email marketing, can be manipulative, and that's true. Now, there are a couple of things that turn it manipulative. If you start using things like re your last email, and they haven't responded, that's ridiculous. That's another thing. It's actually going to force you into the spam folder over time. So everybody wants to stay out of the spam folder. Nobody likes a spam folder, but we'll go into the spam folder in a little bit. <clears throat> so uh, once again, email marketing is cold traffic, reactivating old leads, keeping long-term subscribers, driving traffic. Love driving traffic. Every time I release an article, you got an email. There's an email. Oh, look, I've got a new article. This is what it's about. Come take a look at the email. Oh, I've got a new video. I've got a new anything that I can think of. Now, they can get annoyed. I'm just going to say that. 
they can get annoying. So you have to be very careful. How often are you sending these? That's why most people send out a monthly or a bi-monthly newsletter. In my case, it's once every Friday. So every Friday you get an email. This is what we did on social media. This is what we did on YouTube or uh, other video platforms. Uh, and this is what we did in our blogs this week. And you can kind of go from there. Each one usually links or uh, communicates in some way. So for example, email marketing, I wrote the blog. Now the next blog uh, is going to talk about SMS marketing as well as the next podcast. So they kind of all bunch together. Um, so while 180 days is my cutoff, I will say. Um, so if a subscriber makes it past that 180 days, about six months, uh, we actually changed the sequencing from, uh, this is a cold traffic from customer traffic into client traffic. Now at that point, I actually use a different sequence called DRIPS. Now, yeah, I know it spells drips, but it does not stand for drips. We'll talk about it later. So what's the deal with email marketing? Like what, what, like, what is the deal with email marketing? So, I mean, in a lot, especially in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of changes. So I cannot tell you how many times I have read or seen a video or anything along those lines that says email is dead. Email doesn't work. Something to that effect. And I cannot tell you how many times it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh hard. Because as most of those are trying to convince you to move away from email marketing, they're trying to push you into something else. Another kind of marketing. Now, if you actually take a moment to study omnichannel marketing, or most things you will see that they all actually play into each other more intricately than we actually can realize. Uh, that specifically, I'm a science nerd. So in science, biology, and chemistry, and geology, and all of these different things all work in tandem together. But usually you have to have some sort of collaboration. And I know scientists, and they're not really with all that collaboration, especially if it's somebody on the other side. I digress. So... Now, most of these marketing ploys are actually trying to push you into another channel. Now, social media, let me just put this out there as a brief little cutaway, and then we'll get back to email. Uh, email, or sorry, social media is useful, shouldn't be ignored by any means. But I really would not discourage you, or I really would discourage you from believing that uh, social media is more powerful than email marketing. In fact, I would argue that no marketing channel is more powerful than the other. They are all equally powerful, and they all, like I said, work in tandem. So uh, one thing with social media is, uh, you hear this all the time, uh, topics are going to be disappearing. Uh, these hashtags no longer work, or um, if you use this word, uh, you can get penalized in the ranking system. Like, I mean, there's tons of stuff like that, not to mention community violations, uh, somebody reporting your account and that Facebook just kind of shading or hiding you away for a little bit, refer to shadow banning, I guess. Um, those types of things can happen really quickly. I've had them happen to me for seemingly nothing. Um, now, <laughs> there are times where I have fully deserved uh, my shadow ban, but those I fully own. Like uh, spamming tons of DMs when I was an early entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. That was a bad idea. And I fully agree that I should have been banned for that. So, um, like I said, you can lose access to your social media anytime, any day. Those guys are separate. They're, ma they're massive companies. They are private companies. And they can really just kick you off their platform without any rhyme or reason. So... In that sense specifically, I would say never, ever, ever, ever rely 100% on one social media or just social media. Always have something to back up on. <clears throat> so, yes, you can always technically lose access to your email marketing platform too. This is why I always stress when you're doing email marketing, at the end of every week, always 
back up a copy, export a copy of all of your contacts, all of your every day, every bit of your data, and save it on a thumb disk, not on the drive, on a thumb disk, just so that you never have that problem, even if something catastrophic were to happen. So, um, the only time where like I said, only time where social media becomes a hindrance is when you violate their terms of service or something along those lines. So why, now we have to look at why. Why are people saying email is dead? Now, I do have to admit, there is some strong evidence. Like, I mean, if you take any piece of evidence out of context, it usually looks pretty intense. So in the last few years, let me just tell you, in the last few years, Google, Gmail, Google's Gmail, uh, Microsoft Outlook's, uh, the mail service, Outlook 365, Apple Mail, um, Yahoo Mail, those have all gone under massive tech overhaul. So the entire technology has changed. So everything from the spam filter to the ability to create anonymous emails and forwarding emails has made it much, much more difficult. So with those problems or with those particular advancements, we've got problems with uh, email tracking. So tracking issues uh, is more of a problem. It's gotten just a little more difficult. So where it gets very difficult is if you're not actually doing email marketing. So if you're just sending out uh, a BCC email to a list of subscribers, good luck. But if you're using a normal platform, chances are there is some sort of link clicking or, um, sorry, link tracking uh, technology that tracks your clicks or anything else. So it really, for me, it doesn't really hold up. So, um, but I, I really try to apply the logic here. So if somebody were to, for example, uh, let's go back to the, the making a private relay email. So, now, and for those of you that don't know, I can upload this list of subscribers and their emails into things like Facebook and Google ads, and they will know to target you because they also have your email, right? So that, that's kind of how ads start to work on an omni-channel basis. So even those fake or relay emails, like they're really not that important to me. Yes, it's nice to be able to know, okay, this person, I was able to connect with them cold. Uh, in a cold traffic way through uh, website traffic, SEO, or uh, SEM, or, and now I'm able to track them on Facebook or um, something along those lines to kind of hit them on two channels at once, plus email. Um, but if you really, you'll have to take a look at the blog, like I said, to get all of the best practices, but um Tracking things like your click-through and your unsubscribe rate are really all you should be looking at for your email marketing. Now, there are some people who will disagree with me. Like, I will put that out. There are a lot of email marketers who are very stuck in their ways. Now, I want to put this into your heads. The private relay emails still get the emails to the inbox, right? Kind of, now I'm like, yeah, you see, it kind of falls apart right there. So as long as you're able to still communicate with them, they're still getting exposure to your brand. There's brand awareness, possible traffic, like all this stuff is still in play. So when you look at email marketing, and we'll go over more of these numbers, uh, the agreed upon number for return on investment is around $42 for every $1 spent, 4,200%, which is freaking unheard of. Now, yeah, of course, there are uh, super successful ad campaigns that return... 10, 15,000 percent. Now, but those are unicorns. I will just tell you right now, that is a unicorn figure. Uh, people should be aiming for five to 10 times return on ad spend, if possible. Like, I'm like, it, it depends on what the context is. Let's just put it that way. So, like I said, if I'm putting into, the, or into this email tracking, how effective was my email. The click-through rate and the unsubscribe rate are both going to answer that question. So click-through. How many people did what my email said to do? And unsubscribe. How many people left my list? 
So, it, it, I mean, it, just those two alone, you'll get a pretty solid idea of what you're, how you're doing. So if, if you sent out a hundred, let's just make it really easy. You sent out a hundred emails to a hundred people on your list and 10% of them clicked on the link. It doesn't really matter who the 10% are. If you know that every 10 visitors, two of them will convert into a sale. Now we start to get into statistics and, you know, the law of large numbers, scale it out and larger, larger, larger. I just use the hundred to keep it, you know, easy on the brain for the math. So uh, another thing that I get asked a lot is about the open rate. So uh, I'm somebody that really doesn't like open rates. So I find them to actually be unreliable. So open rates are how many people opened your email. Now, those can come in two different ways. Of course, if you're like me, I don't read half of my emails, but I will just, you know, swipe to red. That's why I kind of read, uh, read uh, open rates kind of mess statistics. Now, there are some email providers that will differentiate between the, the email was skimmed, as in it marked as red or repeated back as red, but it did, we, did, we were not able to show them tracking pixel. So inside of emails, there is a tracking pixel in the header. So when you open it, it realizes, okay, the email has been really opened. So those ones are what those typical open rates, or sorry, those particular email platforms, and I believe it's MailChimp uh, that does that one in particular. Um, so we'll go over, over best software and all that stuff too. Um, so other, other metrics, like, I mean, if you really get into fit, putting like pixels and tracking pixels and segmenting and click segmenting and automate audience segmenting and, uh, email automation, like there's a lot of stuff to get into here. So I really feel that the, uh, once again, the open rate is more of, it answers the one question of, did I land in the spam box? Otherwise, it's pretty unreliable data in my eyes. So speaking of the spam box, um, how do I stay out of the spam box? Or as um, you'll, you'll probably search in Google, how do I improve my email deliverability? Well, it's a pretty easy, it's a pretty easy way. So like I said earlier, if you sit in one of our weekly office hours, chances are you'll hear me say, marketing lies in a gray area. So what works for one may not be the best approach for another, vice versa. That's why I don't really suggest, like this is an example, why don't we suggest uh, prepackaged stuff on our website? Why do you need to call? Why do you need to have a full consultation? Why? The reason why is because I don't want to give you anything that you do not need, that you're not ready for, or even withhold things that you are ready for. So in all those all of those cases, that's why those don't work on our website. Now, I will admit that there is one exception that is coaching. That's just because that's too much to customize. So for most people, I fully suggest taking advantage of all of the cool email marketing software advances. One of my favorites is MJML. Uh, so that's developed by MailJet. For those of you that are a little TT and understand HTML, MJML, they're pretty similar. Both are coding languages. HTML is the default uh, for most email marketing and, uh, it, sorry, HTML or plain text. You'll have the option. So MJML is, like I said, a coding language that resembles H HTML, allows you to get that extra pop. So lots of colors, lots of links, lots of photos, and all that fun stuff. But for other people, just take, like I said, taking a bunch of text, slapping it into the letter format just works like a charm. Now, all of this is a way better conversation that is fitted for like branding. Now, branding is a much more difficult process than most people want to admit to. Now, I'm going to be going through my 15-step branding process. Yes, I said 15 uh, on the blog later on. So... Uh, another thing to uh, really improve deliverability a lot is actually verify your domain. So 
Uh, this actually involves doing a little bit of technical stuff. So you'll have to log into your uh, domain hosting. Uh, so WordPress, uh, GoDaddy, Bluehost, whatever the hell you have. Um, and you'll actually have to edit your DNS records. So I'll put a, a link to uh, the, what are they called? The SOP document, standard operating procedure document for a couple of um, a couple of the more popular ones. So basically what this does is just verifies I am who I say I am and sadly not the sugar daddy in my spam box. But this entire thing delivers, deli like the deliverability can literally double just from this one part. So, I mean, let's, let's kind of take a step back now. So what are the things do we have to look at when email marketing? So there's visuals, there's actual copy, there's um, the, the link tracking. Um, the, there is a specific code at the bottom that you can throw in uh, to put in more, you know, get more deliverability or more open rates uh, and more accurate data. So I, I do have to kind of enter in here uh, a personal experience. So my very, very first, uh, we'll call it my real entrepreneurial journey that wasn't um, me pushing a lawnmower around my neighbor's yard. Um, I owned an e-commerce store, two e-commerce stores, technically. So neither one of them had e real email marketing, we'll say. They had an email sequence, but it wasn't like, like I am now. Now I use it to the full, it's a full extent, but in the past, no, I did not. Now, I do have one thing to say about that. If I would have implemented email marketing a little more heavily, focused on it instead of uh, pulling away and I got called off, called off and, uh, well, convinced into another project called the OGAS project, which made me shut down the e-commerce store and a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, side projects and whatnot to kind of give my full attention to the OGAS project. So... I have personally watched people double, triple, fucking quadruple their revenue in a few months with email marketing alone. Just to be fair, I have seen those results with consistency in any channel. But like I said, this is unbiased. So it'll be both sides. So another thing that, um, <laughs> well, if you were going to be getting to know me, and I, I hope you stick around for future episodes and uh, follow me around on the rest of the web, but I am a total perfectionist. I like I cannot focus if it's not perfect, which all, of course is a relative term. It's all in my head, but um, don't stress about sending your first email. Be meticulous, but don't stress. How many times have you been like, I just got an email into my inbox and we're all mad. Chances are you don't even know one other person that subscribed. Now, you might know them, but you don't know they subscribe here unless you both subscribe at the same time. Um, but that, that same idea. They're not going to be collectively mad at you. There might be people that are pissed. It might end up in the spam. But this is the learning curve. Now, unbiased is about everything. Marketing, sales business and the personal stuff too now this is where we start getting into the fun stuff there is no wrong way to mass email somebody but that doesn't say anything about the best practices um, i'll go over a couple of the best practices just very skim if you want the full details please go look at the blog i'm telling you there is way more that on there that i'm not covering in this podcast uh, partially so you'll go read the blog and I get some traffic, but that's another story entirely. So first of all, uh, split testing. Absolutely. If you are going to send emails and you have more than six subscribers, six, you should be doing some sort of split testing. Now, if that looks like split testing the, uh, the oh, shit, everything, the subject lines, Email content, pre-header text, link color, button placement, images, background, light versus dark mode, plain text, 
tons of visual stuff. You should be testing everything. I could go on and on and on with all the things you could test. But chances are, if you ever, well, if, if you continue to follow me, you'll hear me say, or um, things are very interesting. I'll say split testing is the reason behind most of the largest successes in the world. Facebook, Google, Keep, Infusionsoft, HubSpot, Keep and Infusionsoft are one, sorry. HubSpot, Apple, Microsoft, everyone is all because of split testing. They knew their audience and they split tested until they had niched audiences. They all split test on a massive scale. I mention this study all the time just to kind of put this in your head. Google did a test of 41 different shades of blue. Now, who has the time to split test 41 shades of blue? Apparently Google, not me. So I started with two. So they were able to find out which shade of blue out of those 41 different shades and they were able to make an extra $200 million increase in ad revenue from that one test. $200 million from the color of a link. Let's just let that sink in. Okay, good. Don't ever forget to split test. Uh, another thing I get a question about is content, the email content. So what what's the deal with your content well it all depends on like i said it all depends all depends on what do you want to know what do you want from this email do you want traffic do you want sales do you want brand engagement do you want to just say hi all of those are going to affect how long or how short and i know that's the question you were really asking how short can I make these emails? If you want traffic, make a short email. Check out this little blog post. Love you. Send. Bang. Here's the link. Woo! Tons of traffic. They didn't have to think about it. Now, if you want to, let's do engagement or, oh, no, sorry, um, conversions. I apologize. Conversions. I'm always going to go with long form content for conversions. So, I try to keep my all of my emails, trust me, I try to keep them very short, uh, under 300 words. Now, I know that sounds like a lot, but it, in an email, it looks like a lot. So I try to kind of keep it, I don't know, about, like I said, about 300 words. Um, now, of course, always that's going to lead somewhere else that has tons more words or sales copy. But all of these things, just kind of keep in mind. Another thing... Uh, with your content is to look up the uh, spam filter works. Now, I will link it. It's through HubSpot. I love HubSpot. You'll see me link to them all the freaking time. So their uh, suggestion is uh, quite a long one, but they have about 400 or so, I want to say, 400 or so words that are spam, like will, will immediately kind of push you towards the spam. Now, avoiding all 400 of those words is a doozy, but it does make a, make a ton of difference. All right. Anyway, next up, best practices, email automations. There are a ton of email automations. You can do so much shit with emails. Uh, every time somebody clicks the link, joins the list, uh, that's their birthday, that's a subs or, or their subscriber anniversary. Um, and uh, let's see, transactional emails. I branded those briefly. Your order has shipped. Uh, we've received your payment. Um, we've received your help ticket. Here's your help ticket number. Um, uh, someone will be in touch with you soon. Uh, shipping notification. Uh, your order has been delivered. Can you leave us a review? Those are all examples of great ways to use email email marketing automation really quickly. Now, another thing is to a big question is how the hell do I build a list? How do I gather emails? Um, <laughs> now, I fall into once again a gray area. 
Um, I pulled my email subscribers from five different places, social media, uh, website opt-ins, Google contacts, and specifically LinkedIn. And last but not least, I did buy a list. I bought a CSV file of scraped web data. And, well, here's what I, I mean, I, I learned some things from emailing them. So, <laughs> quite a bit. So, social media was super easy. I was a young business. There's tons of people at, for young businesses at all stages of business, really. There's always going to be people in your inbox pitching you. You might as well just make your peace with it now. So, I was able to turn some of these people that had reached out to pitch me uh, and actually, hey, could I could I add you to my email list so you can see what I'm doing? Now, of course, I did turn around and use that to develop the two-way inverse uh, method that I use for selling through email. Um, but all it was is I took a very simple landing page. There was no style. There was no web copy. There's no sales copy. It was, here's what I'm doing. Here's my name, or more accurately, my old company name. Uh, this is what I'll be doing. This is how often. And subscribe. It was very simple. There was no long-form sales copy of why you should opt in. There was no lead magnet. It was just asking. Now, I did have to give a pretty good value proposition on it, so I did take a little bit of time to write that uh, little thing there. If you want a template, once again, in the blog, there are tons of templates, and I will continue to build templates because I needed so many templates when I was starting, and if somebody would have done this, it would have absolutely helped me without needing to pay for them, because that was the big problem. So another thing, um, the website pop-up. Now, I had a blog, a personal blog at the time, since been shut down and replaced by another one. But I would just post short blog. I'm talking 200 words. There was no um, SEO, none of that fun stuff going on at that time. I didn't have the knowledge for it that, or the understanding of it. Um, now... Of course, that has changed with OGAS and that project really kind of just drilling it into my brain. But this website pop-up opt-in was responsible for a large percentage of the actual people that I was able to eventually email. Now, the other thing with the uh, next one was the Google contacts. So if you actually look at how many emails you have ever received into your business email, chances are you're going to see that you've got two different kinds of people. There are your subscribed friends and, uh, well, sorry, your uh, subscribed lists, we'll say. So I do include, um, no, what? there's three kinds. So subscribed lists, so email marketing lists, um, cold email lists, and then you will see like transactional and account and internal stuff. So if you actually take a minute to go sort through all of those email lists, all of those different emails and actually see who they are. Now, keep in mind, you can go look at their websites by the the very end of it. Um, and I was able to actually go look at most people's websites. And yeah, it did take a little bit of time. Um, but at the end, I was able to glean around 30 contacts that actually had, you know, a potential. Like there was somebody that I could possibly help. I don't know if I can help them yet. But it's somebody that's possible. So once I've uploaded them into my CRM, my autoresponder. Um, now, a quick note, when I did email these people because it was a cold email, um, I did use a, a style called cold opt-in. Now, I'll talk about that in just a minute here when I uh, talk about some of the later ones now. Uh, next one, of course, I went to LinkedIn. That LinkedIn is great. You can export all of your LinkedIn data. I've got a how-to on the blog. Um, but exporting all your data, some people elect to share their emails and some people don't. The people that elect to share their emails, go ahead and send them uh, one of these cold uh, opt-ins and it works surprisingly well. Because I can say, hey, I, I found you on LinkedIn and um, I want to uh, connect with you here on email as well. Just very simple. It doesn't need to be anything special. Uh, now, the other thing is uh, my purchased targeted list. So, yes, it was a targeted list. These were 
people in the niche that I had specified. Um, and the guy went out with web scraper and pulled those data. Now, some of them sucked. Now, <laughs> um, another thing on email lists is that, well, two kinds of email lists. So data scraping, like I just mentioned, but then there's also a lot of companies that will actually sell and gather emails in very interestingly scammy ways. So those, uh, you'll recognize these, um, fill out these five questions and get entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. It's like 15 different questions and um, are you interested? And they don't really seem to be anything related, right? But uh, you click, you click, uh, yes, I'd be interested in, uh, um, let's see, searching for or uh, buying health insurance in the next little bit. Yes. Okay, so now your email is going to go to their database and it's actually going to be put for sale if you look in the little um, terms of service and the privacy policy. It says that it will be resold to third parties. So that's how your email ends up out there, just kind of so you can see. So that's why I, they're odd and very scammy ways, in my opinion, but um, it, it can kind of give you a little bit of an edge. Now, I would not recommend doing it myself. Um, and the reason why is probably because I was so inexperienced. Now I would probably give it another go now that I'm much better at, you know, copywriting and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, but at, at that time, I had a huge unsubscribe rate and it trashed my... Um, my spam filter and well basically i was just ending up in spam there was no nothing else so anyway um all of these together gave me about 200 300 emails so not, not very large um now what i did end up doing is uh like i mentioned a cold opt-in so the people that i knew were opting in. So from the website pop-up, or I had just asked them directly, hey, can you go fill out your stuff on the web, on these, uh, the simple landing page, and it'll opt in. Those people are okay. We have opt-in. Now, I want to make sure that you guys understand that you need opt-in. Without it, you leave your business open to uh, the potential for lawsuits, excessive spam, and losing the credibility with your audience. So just don't mess around with it. Uh, get permission and uh, using the cold opt-in email approach that I use, I do have a template once again. Um, but basically it said, I got your email from an email list or I got your email scraping the web before I went crazy, sending you tons of emails. I wanted to get permission from you uh, to send you uh, the, the digital marketing tips, sales tips, business tips, you know, whatever, whatever the more relevant one was every two or three days, every week, every month, every six months. I don't know. Um, and it basically it forces them to make the decision to opt in. So if they do end up clicking through, it will opt them in. Um, now, the other side to this is it, you only get one shot to do this. So uh, it, always with these, just because to keep, well, to keep yourself safe, um, I suggest only sending one. So it's, remember, these are cold opt-ins. Now they, they work. It's the same thing um, as sending out cold invites uh, to people, to your events. It, it, it works sometimes and some people work, but otherwise you can get reported for a ton of spam and you can actually trash your credibility with uh, your webinar provider. So uh, like I said, get email, uh, uh, get permission to email them, get that opt-in. Uh, have them click on the link and just decide. No, this is a great place or great place to um, implement uh, the uh, email automation, click automations. So, other things, some a couple of stylings. Um, we'll just briefly go over this. Um, but HTML is one of the biggest things that uh, the spam filters flag. So. I love, I have a couple of people that I follow around the internet. Uh, one of them is Cinch. So uh, that's email on acid. Um, that is uh, MailJet, Mail both of those. Um, those guys are really great with email. So what they actually suggested is to actually go through this other email geek, uh, Roy Ravel's. Um, he's got two softwares. One of them is Email Comb and the other one is called HTML Crush. So Email Comb works for most people. So email comb uh, removes uh, CSS elements, 
which are the cascading style sheets. That's what, you know, make the text blue, make the background, uh, uh, the, sorry, make the background blue. Sorry, I was trying to come up with another color. I was like, the only thing that's coming to mind is blue. Uh, make the text white and the background blue. Those are CSS elements. Uh, so it actually removes ones that are not being used because sometimes when you delete elements, they can just kind of stick around. Uh, this actually reduces the size of the overall code. And uh, yeah, I actually do agree with this parameter uh, to keep it less than 500 lines. <coughs> so um, email comb will handle the same. It does the same job that HTML crush for. HTML crush is more for um, advanced users that want more control over what gets crushed and what doesn't, things like this. Uh, email comb by itself actually has a toggle with the HTML crush built in. So for most people, that'll work. Uh, other than that, uh, using your MJML um, and MJML.io, you can actually go and download uh, the open source compiler software uh, for desktop. Um, other than that, let's see. Um, oh, big thing on it, a readability. Uh, now, you do have vision-impaired users. Now, I'm a vision-impaired user. I just hate wearing glasses. Um, so, LARP, or sorry, light mode, LARP mode, light mode versus dark mode. Um, light mode tends to have easier readability than dark mode does. Now, that is only if you do dark mode wrong or um, one big thing, like, do not ever use what I refer to as stark white. So, if you go into any... Um, like Canva or something, and you type in uh, the color code F, 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 that's stark white. So don't use that with any, you know, dark mode. Now, I know, you know, well, LJ, why wouldn't I use light mode or um, white text on a black background? Well, it's actually because of the eye strain. So if you use actually a tinted white, it actually increases the visibility without straining your eyes and actually making it differentiate between the white and the dark. All right. Uh, now, another thing on dark mode, um, one little tip that was given uh, to me by a pretty advanced email marketer. Um, he says that you should actually give people the option to choose between light and dark mode. So this does take a little bit of time to implement. We actually don't have it yet. I'm working on it, I promise. Um, but we default to dark mode. I do want to add this uh, capability for uh, light mode, just uh, keeping in mind with other uh, vision and uh, vision impaired users. Um, another thing, give your your text room to breathe. Nobody wants to read a paragraph, but something that looks, you know, a little nicer and a little more spread out actually does help a lot with the click-through rate. Um, let's see. Other than that, so that kind of really brings us to the bat, the main best practices. Now, I do have a lot more on this website or on the blog. So go check those out if you want to really nail sending your emails, get them in the, uh, or not the spam, avoid the spam inbox. Please don't get into the spam inbox, um, but avoiding those at all costs. So where does this all bring us back to our original conversation of email marketing? So email marketing from all angles, by the numbers. I've already given you my personal experience, but let's go by the numbers. There are 4 billion active daily users. Uh, 306 billion emails are sent and received each and every day. Uh, constant contact, our friends and partners, we love you guys. Uh, average says the email open rate is 19.8%. The click-through rate is 11.3%. And the bounce rate is 9.4%. On average, across all industries. Now, Another thing, Litmus is another big email authority. 78% of marketers, uh, this is a, a bit of an older study, in 2020 uh, said email is as important to overall companies, is, sorry, is as important to overall company success. Um, now, 80% of marketers, according to HubSpot, um, said they'd actually rather give up social media over email. Now, I don't agree with this one. Um, it, I've already said why. But I really kind of removed myself from that. I, I fall into the 20%. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the average return on investment for email marketing is $42 for every dollar spent. Keep in mind, sending one email costs 
probably around a twelfth of a cent um, or less. So 4,200% return on investment is absolutely unheard of. Like I said, uh, exceptions have happened, but not very often. So where does this kind of leave us? So is email dead? The answer is no, absolutely not. Email will probably not be dead for a while. It might be replaced in some form uh, with, uh, for example, video emails or things to that nature becoming more prevalent over text emails. Um, but no, email marketing is not dead. I fully encourage everybody to go and uh, build up a list so that you have a list away from any other source that could potentially be pulled, have the rug pulled out from under you. Um, and it looks like between, and this is an estimate, these are projections, um, but between now and 2025, there's actually expected to add almost uh, 600, let's see. 600 million more users, so about 4 billion to 4.6 billion uh, over the next couple of years. So that's a, a very on track pers or a perspective, in my opinion, at, with the growth rate that we're viewing. Um, and with that, of course, more emails are going to be sent. Um, on the flip side, with more emails being sent, with more email accounts, there's going to be a lot more competition and a lot harder to stand out. That's why you want to go through the best practices and really start nailing your process down thank you guys for listening to unbiased welcome and i'm so glad you guys are still here i really hope that you guys enjoyed this if you guys have questions please submit them through uh the anchor uh voice memo i i don't know what it's called you can ask questions through the little voice memo link and i'm happy to answer uh, in response to or add your expertise alongside mine. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, I fully encourage you. I would love to have somebody to talk to. Um, and you can reach out to us actually at the unbiased at getdigitalmedia.com. That's unbiased at getdigitalmedia.com. My name is LJ with love and light. Namaste. If you love this episode as much as I love recording it, then subscribe. New episodes on the 1st and the 15th. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, or visit us online at getdigitalmedia.us for more content, tips, and templates. Need pros to market and develop your business? Get end-to-end -end help from team to God to me? Visit 2G0D2M1.co slash GTKY to get in touch.